And then I would open up a Country Weekly magazine or I'd look online and I'd see Miranda Lambert was wearing a different one every concert. Wow. And the reality of that it was never, it didn't feel real. It felt very surreal. And that what I was doing in my guest bedroom on a Monday night, then on a Thursday afternoon, I was seeing somebody on NBC or ABC, Lara Spencer from Good Morning America. I'd see her every morning. She'd be wearing a different one. And I was like, that is crazy. I don't even know how to digest, how to just mentally process that, that it, be, it had become real. All the people that had taken me through those four months of, of shows that I DVR'd, and now they're wearing what I had, you know, blood, sweat, and tears in that back bedroom. They're now wearing it. Thank you so much for stopping by the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm so very excited that you're here. I'm Katie Kremitzos. This podcast exists because it is a place for you to access very authentic stories from business women so you can hear the ups, the downs, the tools, the strategies, all sorts of good stuff so that you can let it impact your business the way that you need to right now. If this is your first time stopping by the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you're here. If you're a longtime listener, you rock, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to these stories. There always, always is something to learn here. And whether you're new or a longtime listener, make sure that you go opt in at bizwomenrock.com because you will not only get updated on what's going on on the podcast, but you will definitely get into the trenches of the entire Biz Women Rock community, which includes a lot of phenomenal resources for you, okay? bizwomenrock.com. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait for you to listen to this interview. Uh, I am jumping up and down right now because I always record these uh, these intros right after I get off the phone with my guests so that, you know, everything's fresh, I'm all excited about them, and I'm literally jumping in the, around the room right now because Jill Donovan, the founder of Rustic Cuff, is just phenomenal. And I loved her, and she was wonderful, and we had such great chemistry um, and uh, I just know that you're going to love her too. So she started a company back in 2011 uh, out of literally, she's she used to be a lawyer and then she just wanted to start like a side, like crafty thing that she found interesting. So she started making these cuffs, which are, you know, like bracelets, like thick, cool bracelets. And, um, and it has turned into an amazing business uh, just a few years later that now employs uh, 22 people full-time and part-time another 10. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good-sized business. Um, anyway, Jill is wonderful. And a couple of the points that we hit on that I think are immediately uh, useful for you is um, we talk about how she did her marketing in the very, very beginning, how she continues to do it now, but something that worked for her because she did not want to put money into her marketing so she uh, leveraged uh, this one unique way to be able to get her product out there, which I thought was brilliant and it worked and she continues to do it. We also talk about another great marketing thing that she does, which is social media. We talk about her attitude towards it um, and how she gets 182,000 people on her Facebook page that is super active and engaged. And this is for a product. I mean, it's not even like entertainment or anything. It is a product. And uh, she just is brilliant at walking through some really uh, strategic things that you could do to get activity and engagement on your Facebook page. We also talked about what kind of a leader she is, how she's built this team up over these years, 
and how she structures the culture of her business so that it's a fun place to work. She gets people who want to show up to work and yet it's flexible. Really interesting conversation about how she establishes a culture within her business. Um, And then how she's been able to merge her world. You know, we definitely talked, she has two little girls. We talked about, um, you know, the this whole concept of like balancing everything. And she just says, you know, I really merged my worlds. And, and that was a really awesome part to listen to about how you can really do that. So if you're struggling with, okay, how do I really balance this all? Because let's be honest, we can't. Uh, you know, how do you do it all successfully? And she's got an awesome answer for that. So so much more than that in here, and I'm really excited for you to listen to it. So let's get going with Jill. Jill, what is going on, girl? Thank you so much Hi. for being on the show. Thank you, Katie. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. I'm very excited to be here, too. Um, I had to finally press play because you and I were having way too much fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. You could have just pressed play, and I wouldn't have even known. I know. Um, Thank you so much for being here. I am so, so thrilled to have you here so that everyone can hear about your story because it's an amazing one and one that as I was doing my research about you, I I was just really bowled over by A, how fast your company has grown and B, all the really cool components of how you've been making that company grow, which is something I'm always fascinated about, a lot of the how and underneath. So, um, So one of the things that I really would like to start with to give us a foundation is how you even came up with the idea of rustic cuff like how did you come up with this idea that you're going to make all this like you know arm jewelry well it wasn't like I woke up one day and said hey guess what I'm ready to start a business Um, I had no desire to do that I did not even enjoy the word entrepreneur I ran from anything that had to do with sales or anything in regards to owning your own company and after working corporate America for 11 years I was thrilled to not ever work again. I really just wanted to just do my own thing and just be creative for fun. Right. Um, so years and years, I have traveled just for fun. Um, I worked for American Airlines, so my husband and I would travel when we could, and I would collect from around the country different um, pieces, uh, different cuffs, so big statement cuffs. Um, some people would get T-shirts and shot glasses, and I bought bracelets. So I probably had a drawer of like eight cuffs from different countries and different locations that I was just obsessed with and I would wear and would remind me of that place and time that I went to with uh, Terry, my husband. And so um, one night, um, I would say I took, I'd been teaching law for eight years and I took a break, I took a sabbatical and I was laying in bed and I remember I was watching TV and there was a lady on one of the programs that I was watching who was making cuffs and she was selling them like a business and I thought, how does she know how to do that? Like, I, I mean, it, it wasn't just like this little crafty thing. It was something that she was like actually making these metal cuffs and leather cuffs. And wow. I thought, there's no way she can, she's, that's just for TV. And it was reality TV. And you know, everything in reality TV is not reality. <laughs> so I knew that there's no way she was doing that, even though I'm obsessed with reality TV. So um, I, got, I got up and it was in the middle of the night. It was like two o'clock in the morning. And, um, and I Googled her name and then her business, and I found out, okay, she really is making these. And how in the world did she learn? How did she do that? And why haven't I even thought of that before? Because I love cuffs. Um, when I graduated from law school, the only thing that I wanted uh, for my husband was a cuff to memorialize like what I, the journey I'd been through there. And so wow. the, everything had a story. Every cuff in that drawer has a story. So I thought, why not create my own story? <clears throat> Excuse me. And so... He, uh, so I got up in the middle of the night, my kids were sleeping, and I Googled everything that I could learn about um, cuff making and leather making and 
anything that had to do with dyeing and stamping and engraving and snapping, all subjects I had never learned about. I was always so busy with learning about torts and contracts and you name it. <laughs> so um, I, for four months, every night, I put my girls to bed and they'd be like, Mommy, it's six o'clock. Why are we going to bed? We haven't had dinner yet. And I'd be like, we're going to bed early tonight. <laughs> Mommy's got work to do. You can eat tomorrow. There will still be food tomorrow. <clears throat> and you so researched put, for four months? For four months, wow. I researched. And, and in the meantime, I would buy little pieces and I, and I figured out what I needed to get. So I'd go to the leather store and I'd figure out where to get these pieces from. And I just watched videos. And, and each night as I'm learning, then I'd go back in the guest bedroom, which we had this, you know, it was at the time, it was a decent guest bedroom where my mother-in-law and father-in-law and my mom would come and stay. And um, now, now it's a room filled with glue and <laughs> stains it was pitiful. But every night I'd go back and forth. I'd watch a video and then, <clears throat> excuse me, I would learn. I would just, I just taught myself and I didn't even tell anybody. I would put sound machines on in my girl's room and I would start hammering <clears throat> and doing all this loud work. It was, we have a long house and so I was on one side of the house. They were on the other. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make my first, I'm finally going to do it after, you know, figuring out all the components to it and what I needed to buy. I took like $250. I bought some materials to do it <clears throat> and then... I um, I made my first cuff for a friend of mine who had just had a baby named Stella, and I was so proud of this, so proud of it, and so I took it to her, and she fell in love with it. And you know, but it really doesn't matter if you're, if you find something with your child's name on it, it can be really fugly. You don't care because <laughs> it's got your child's name on it, and you're not. So of course, you it love away. it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So she started. She actually worked at the. Uh, Chanel makeup counter at Saks, which is so funny. And I was like, there's no way she's wearing this bracelet. And so she started wearing it every day. Wow. Every day. And she got fired for wearing it. She did? Why'd she get fired? <clears throat> no, but that would be a great story. It wasn't that, I was going to say, it wasn't she, that ugly, was it? Right, that wasn't. <laughs> so she wore it and she called me a week later and she said, Jill, you're not going to believe this, but I have like 20 some customers and a sales associates that want you to make this cuff wow. for them. <clears throat> and so you need to put a price on it. And you need to sell to them. And I said, oh, Katie, no, 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 no. This is not a business. I finally f finished with my 11 years of, of working. <clears throat> and I want to, I really just want to chill. I don't want to start a business. I don't, I don't want to even put a price on it. I'll just make it. And she said, Jill, you're going to lose money. Just throw a price on it and, and start selling them. So I said, okay, this one time I will. So I think I didn't know anything about pricing. I threw $38 and I just sold, I made 20 of them. Well, that, those 20 people told 20 of their friends and I'm not a mathematician, but that 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 grew into big bigger numbers. No kidding. And then um <clears throat> and then it um it kept growing and growing. And then um somebody threw a party for me, and a hundred people came. And the next thing I know, I have an order for over two hundred cuffs. And what? so every night, then I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so sleep was a thing of the past. And my husband said, "Okay, you just you need to form a little thing called LLC." And I said, "I know what LLCs are because I used to form them for for my clients." Right. And um, he said, well, then form it yourself <laughs> because <laughs> you're not going to go to prison. You got, you got to have a company. If right. you're getting money, you got – so <clears throat> we started – I started an LLC and then um, that is sort of how the – that's the birth of Rustic Cuff. It was, wow. it was not on purpose. It grew into it because I, because I was obsessed with just the creation of it every single night. I, and, and Katie, I loved sleep more than anything and more than anybody. <laughs> I really did. And so the fact that I was giving up – at least one night of sleep a week and only getting about three to five hours at the most. And I had already been through that with my babies, right. with the kids. I had already done the middle of the night breastfeeding. I was finished with that. 
<clears throat> so that's how I knew I was in love with the cuff making because I didn't care about losing sleep. Wow. Well, and you and I were talking uh, before we started recording about, you know, this <coughs> idea of, you know, when you love something and when you're passionate about something, like you just, you push through. I don't think you can do that for long periods of time, but you push through the sleepiness and you just yeah. make it happen. Yeah, just totally. Yeah, it's a, it's incredible. So <laughs> so at that point, you had started your LLC. You're like, okay, this is official now. Um, yeah. What... Like, what was your process back in the day? Like, you know, it, I'm sure it's different than what it is now. But like, what sort of like process and systems did you have to say, okay, here's how an order comes in. Here's how I'm taking an order. Here's how people are finding out about me. And here's yeah. how I'm processing it. Here's how I'm getting all the material for it. And here's how I'm producing it and delivering it. Like, what what did that process look like for you in the beginning? So I, this is why I did not make a great attorney because I, I don't enjoy small details. <laughs> So just hearing you talk, I would have hired you as my first employee just listening <laughs> to how detailed that question I'm was. I'm a process-driven <laughs> person. I'm sorry. Yes, I love it. So the way it would come in, I'd be at school, and one of the moms of, uh, at school would say, okay, Jill, I want a custom cuff for my sister who just had triplets, and this, these are their names and these are birthdays. And I think to myself, oh, I'll remember that. And I get home, and I sit down with a piece of paper. I don't even remember who I talked to. And, oh, that, and I believed in myself the minute that I heard she tell, that she told me the order. And this went on for months and months and emails would come in and I'd be like, what, how am I, how am I processing all this? How in the world? I have no systems. Um, I have I, no I'm systems. really appreciating that you're admitting to this, by the way, yeah. because I think so many of us, when we first start are like <gasps> clueless. And yeah. if you're not, I, I think if you're not like an organizational person and, and a lot of people aren't, and that's totally okay. I think you feel guilty for not being able to catch all the details, but yeah. um so and guilt was, I mean, it was very, very heavy because it was hard to even go to school. It was hard to go out in public because I knew that I was probably disappointing so many people. So on the floor of my guest bedroom, I'm not kidding you, were craft paper orders. So it was my kid's craft paper. I would scribble an order and my handwriting is so bad. I can't even read my own handwriting. And all over the place on this floor were orders. And I knew that if there was not a cuff on top of it, it means I did not fulfill the order. Wow. And that is how organized I was. And that's fine when you have 10 orders, but when you have 500 that you're doing like that and you're all by yourself and you are responsible for making all them and each one, it, there's so much that goes into each one that it, it, it became quite overwhelming. Um, and I joke and I say, you know, there were days that, that I forgot to feed my kids and there were days that I even forgot I was mayor. You just, you're in this, your own world. You're so consumed and obsessed. And I'm sure that most entrepreneurs would say in the beginning stages, even in the middle, it, there, there's... It's it's a baby. It's all. Yeah. It's the only thing that at that moment you can think about, dream about, sleep, eat. I mean everything. And so that is what my life was like for for quite a while. Wow. So <laughs> when did you get to the moment when you were like, okay, way too much, overwhelmed. I need help. I'm going okay. to now bring somebody on to help me. And what did that look like? Sure. So I had a goal um, of you know, I didn't want to advertise. I just didn't want to spend any money on advertising. I wanted to get it out there. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do. Instead of like putting an ad in a paper or in a magazine, what I want to do is I want to find, because I would watch TV all night long back in this guest bedroom when I would make these, and I'm going to find these, you know, 15 to 20 people that I've been watching, I'm going to make something for them with their child's name on or something that means something to them or, you know, a, a quote that I continually hear them say on their news program or on their reality show. And so I did my research and I found them, found their, you know, found a way to get it to them and I, and I laid out 20 boxes on the ground and I had a 
whiteboard with 20 of their names and I knew I had a plan for that. And I said, I'm not going to spend any money on this except the time that goes, my time that goes into it, except for making really great boxes so they would never know that I was on the guest bedroom floor, <laughs> cross-legged making these. And so I made five <clears throat> to seven for each one of these people. And on one day, I mailed out all these boxes to all of these addresses. And I had contacted you know, people, their people ahead of time to let them know it would be coming instead of just sending out blindly. And then I just sat back one day and I thought... Um, I, I'm just going to wait and see if they're wearing them. And so the first day I think I ever saw somebody wearing it on TV was I was getting ready to take my kids to a Barry Manilow concert, and um, their first concert ever. And I wanted them to know who he was, and he was being interviewed on the Today Show, and Kathy Lee Gifford was interviewing him. And she took her arm and hand and put it on his arm and she said, Barry, thank you for being here. And I looked at her wrist, and she was wearing a, a oh. rusted cuff. And oh. I sort of freaked out. And then I would open up a Country Weekly magazine or I'd look online and I'd see Miranda Lambert was wearing a different one every concert. Wow. And the reality of that it was never, it didn't feel real. It felt very surreal. And that what I was doing in my guest bedroom on a Monday night, then on a Thursday afternoon, I was seeing somebody on NBC or ABC, Lara Spencer from Good Morning America. I'd see her every morning. She'd be wearing a different one. And I was like, that is crazy. I didn't even know how to digest, how to just mentally process that, that it, be, it had become real all the people that had taken me through those four months of of shows that I DVR'd and now they're wearing what I had you know blood sweat and tears in that back bedroom they're now wearing it and that so it's super cool <laughs> so one day um, um there was a conference in Tulsa about branding and Tori Johnson who was a correspondent on Good Morning America mm -hmm. was was doing um putting on a conference and so somebody had asked me to do uh, talk about branding and I didn't know anything about branding except what I just told you except what I knew and what worked for me and so she um, I had never met her before and we did the Q&A and and, um, and the next day she called me and she said Jill um, how many bracelets can you make in a day and and how many do you have on hand and I was like a thousand and in my head I was like well if I stay up for a very 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 long day <laughs> it could be a thousand and she said, well, I'd like to put you on my, um, my segment, Deals and Steals, and it'll be on Thursday, and this was a Tuesday. Oh and, um, and let's see how it goes, and pick your four favorites, and we'll put them on there. And I was like, great. So we did it, and then that day, I sold 2,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I knew. And the crazy thing is I just hired my first employee, okay. a girl named Megan, nine days before. And that's because I could no longer answer my emails. It had just gotten – I could no longer organize myself. And so when I sold 2000, I said, okay, there's no, there's no turning back now. Wow. And so that was, um, two and a half years ago, I think. Yeah. A little over about two and a half years ago. That is crazy. Okay. So I'm yeah. going to ask you this question and it may be a different answer to who you were back then and yeah. to who you are now, but just answer collectively how, you know, cause that's not, that's not a new concept to be able to put your product in the hand of somebody of, of sure. a celebrity so that it gets a vis visibility. But how do you really leverage that power? How do you really leverage you know, that Kathy Lee Gifford is wearing your, your cuff. How do you really leverage that Miranda Lambert is wearing your cuff? Because unless you're the one who kind of sure. makes that connection for people, no one really knows. No, they don't call you um, and, and say, hey, guess what? I'm getting ready to wear it. I mean, you event I've eventually formed relationships with a lot of them just throughout the last two years. But initially, nobody calls you. Nobody says, hey, you're, you're going to be on TV this morning or, you know, thank you for the cuffs. Right. Um, what you, I, and I'm, I'm a firm believer, <clears throat> and not everybody would agree with me, in that um, less is more. And I don't want to smother people with, in every single place you turn, you're, that I'm, I'm saying myself, hey, Miranda is, wearing, Miranda is wearing this and Miranda is here again and she's here again. I just want, <clears throat> I wanted to make a statement 
and I, I don't want to do overkill. So every time I'd see somebody wearing it, I'd find the picture of it, and I would um, not brag in any way, but I would just sort of be funny about it because humor goes a long way. And I would put it up there, and it's not the one picture in People magazine or the one picture of a country music artist wearing it. It is the snowball effect of two wearing it, and then three, or then this one wearing it four or five times. There's not one single thing that has made it to be a snowball. It is the cumulative effect of everything. So there's got to be so many legs that you can't say, by this one leg, I made it. Right. right. So I leverage it at this point by just continuing those relationships, but by, you know, in, in a way that is not overkill, by saying, hey, thank you, Lara Spencer for you know taking us to Brazil today with Good Morning America for wearing it today. Um, so <clears throat> that has been um, that has been that has been how I uh, have what in my mind that is, that has worked for me as far as the the leveraging right. Yeah. So while we're sort of on the you know topic <clears throat> of marketing and really kind of getting the word out there. Um, you know, I noticed that you are very active and very uh, well followed on social media platforms on, you know, Twitter, I think you have like 12 or 13,000 followers on Facebook, you have 182,000 followers on your Facebook page. And it's an engaged, they're both engaged platforms, you're not just posting stuff. I mean, people mm-hmm. are commenting, they're wanting to order yeah. They're they're, you know, just being able to say thank you or whatever it is. So how, how, what strategies are you using? <clears throat> Um, you know, and you can talk about either platform, but what strategies are you using and be very specific that are really working for you that get engagement and that get people back to your website to order? Well, in the beginning, I decided, you know, I I looked at all all across the board, all the different, there's Pinterest, there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's so many different things that you can do. And I decided just to focus on one. And then when I got comfortable with that one, instead of spreading myself thin, I wanted to just do one really well and, you know, bring followers to that one. And so I chose Facebook. And I started with, you know, I'm zero. But then the first few weeks, months, I got 100 and then 200. And then the other one that I chose simultaneously shortly after Facebook began <clears throat> was Instagram. And I, and so Twitter I'm not hugely active in, but Instagram and Facebook, it's every day, um, quite a bit every day on both of those. And the reason I started Instagram was because one day Juliana Rancic posted a picture of her wearing a rustic cuff and talked about it on her Instagram and pointed to at rustic cuff. And I had no Instagram account. <laughs> so I, <clears throat> a friend of mine got on there, created an Instagram account for me. And he said, Jill, you have so many people that right now are being pointed to rustic cuff. And so I think within the first day we got 4,000 Instagram followers just because she had posted that and oh because he gosh. created an account for me really quick. So the way that I did it and I learned right off the bat is what would I like, what would draw me to a, a Facebook page or what would keep bringing me back to an Instagram page. And the number one thing, and this might not be for everybody, but for me, I realized that great creative photography, not even with an amazing camera, <clears throat> but you can do things um, with an iPhone, that it keeps bringing people back. It's right. not just a picture of your product after picture of your product. It really is the engagement of the personal aspect of you know showing my family or you know I, I kind of um, I I do it in threes. Like sometimes I'll do a picture of a personal picture and then I'll do a picture of a product, but then I'll do a picture of you know somebody wearing the product. And but never never just product after product after product because that gets a little. I mean, that's great, and the pictures are great, and it's fun, but I want something to where it's, you're telling a story. 
So they wake up and they feel like they're part of your story, but then they get to see the product that they like. And I think that keeps them um, coming back. And so it has just grown um, with that. But I just keep thinking, what would I like? What would engage me? And then, and then I try to do that with everybody else. But it does, this whole Facebook thing, it feels like this family. We put out contests to do. Like I think the last contest we did um, was Cinco de Mayo. Show us your cuffs. Um, while you're eating your dinner tonight, Cinco de Mayo or dessert. And I think, you know, within two hours we had 200 people post pictures of their rustic cuffs eating wow. dinner. It's eating tacos or, or throwing up tequila. And, oh, my gosh. And, and it's just crazy the engagement. And, and then, you know, we do giveaways and we do a lot of those. Um, and so it's great, great, great fun for me. And I and people always say, hey, who does your social media? But even though I have 22 employees now, it is still the one thing that I fully want to do. So nobody else posts. No, that is all me because I am obsessed with doing it because I love it so much. I'm passionate about it. Well, and that yeah. keeps you totally in step <clears throat> with your clients and your Absolutely. potential clients. It's so smart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I was checking out your Facebook page and, you know, mm-hmm. I even have to say like when you're doing those like just product, like, okay, here's a picture of the product as one yeah. of the, the three legs. You don't just post a picture of the product. I mean, you let the product even in that simple picture tell a story and of course I have a reason for doing for loving this but there was one of this beautiful you know cuff that had it's a girl on it and I just found out that we're having a girl and I'm like I want one of those like and that's even just the littlest thing it just totally connects with people and you had ridiculous amount of comments and they weren't like oh that's cute they were how do I order that can I get it custom made um can I get somebody's name on it I mean, that is just ridiculously engaged yeah. for like a retail product brand. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It does feel a little weird. It fe- not. I mean, weird, good, but weird. Like I'm watching somebody else's life that somebody else's business because <laughs> I don't, I knew nothing about running a business. So I, I seriously look back and I, and I feel like I'm on the outside looking in going, really? What in the world? That's crazy. Yeah. Why are so many people liking that? Why are this? It's just, yeah, it's bizarre. So yeah. we're, you have, you know, you said you have 22 people who are part of your team now. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you learned as far as leading that team? I mean, you really started from, I'm doing this out of an extra bedroom in my house yeah. to, oh my gosh, I remember the moment I hired my very first employee. Yeah. And now even just a few years later, you now are managing a whole team of 22 people. So what lessons have you learned in leading that, that company and leading the team and how you need to get everyone on the same page? Well, a funny thing is I never led a team. I think I've been a camp counselor one time in the, in the ninth grade. And that was like eight girls. And that was the extent, the extent of my leadership skills for women. Um, you know, I had worked in corporate America for 11 years. And so I knew what I didn't like. Um, I never thought I'd lead a, a team, but I knew what I didn't like. And what I didn't like was the feeling that my life was not my own, that anytime I wanted to go to the doctor or do anything that I was fearful of going to ask for two hours off. And it was always just this, oh my gosh, I'm, I don't ever want to have kids in work because then I'll never, I'll be resentful that I never get to be with my kids and that somebody else is making me clock in every second. And right. so when I started um, the one, th- and it is crazy that it has worked. I have no idea how this has worked. Um, but I said that I wanted to give to these women who I hired, um, and I hired them over the course of the last two years. Um, and now we have 22 and, and 10 girls that temp, but they come every day. So really it's 32 girls regularly that come here. I said, I wanted to give them the freedom where they felt like it wasn't a job where they wanted to be here. So I told them, I said, I have one rule. 
um, two rules actually. One is if you're not going to be here by nine o'clock, let's say nine o'clock is your start time. All I ask is that you text me before you before nine o'clock rolls around, just as a sign of respect. So I know I said if you get here at nine and then you want to go work out at nine thirty, you could totally do that. But just my one thing is just so I see that there's that respect. And then I said every single field trip, every single kids thing, whatever is never a no from me. You can go do that. You can go pick your kids up at school at two thirty, and you don't have to come back because I want you to feel that. You have this whole life with your kids that you see that I completely respect. And if right. you get your job done, so ha, ha, more than half the people here um, are just, you know, they're, I don't want to say salary, they're hourly. So they have the freedom to, okay, this week I want to work 40 hours, this week I want to work 25 because I want to be with my kids every day after school. And when you give them that freedom, the loyalty that has been given back has been a hundredfold. I, I never would, and, and they all describe it that when they come here, they don't want to leave here. And I say, you can bring your kids. We, we've, that we have, a, you know, I don't know how many square feet we have now, 5,000, 6,000, and I build rooms that the kids can go in. There's TVs in every single room, and I want them all to feel like not a job, just a place that you can just come and really have fun and laugh. And, and I try to hire really, really funny people, and if you're not funny, I just want you to laugh at me or the funny people. <laughs> That's like the requirement. You either have to be really witty or you have to be able to laugh at the witty people. I like it. So there's a lot and of laughter going on in your a office. A lot of laughter, and it's crazy. I mean, it is... It's Mother's Day today, so I'm sitting in the showroom and I'm looking, and I think the the insanity of what is going on, um, I don't know, there's probably been 400, 500 people walk through here today, and these girls who were here late last night till 10 o'clock got up early this morning, came back in, and did it all over again, and not one single complaint, because wow. it's fun, because we just look at it and just think, this is the craziest thing, what we're in right now, it's just insane, but no complaining, it's just fun, because they know they have the freedom, and when you give somebody that freedom... They give back to you so much more. Right. Yeah. So how how do you spend your days in amongst all of this? Are you still <clears throat> actually creating the the products? I, obviously, we know that you're you know you're on Facebook, you're you're yeah. Instagramming. I know that you're doing the social media. Yeah. But how are you actually spending your time? So when I wake up, um, because there are so many people coming through here now, so many people coming through the showroom. Um, what I decided to do is I'll spend the first hour and a half at my house answering all my emails, and then I come in here and I spend the next hour and a half going to all my 22 girls because each one requ- each department requires still me to be actively involved in. And then I like to spend some time in the showroom talking to customers. I deal with the social media. But um, truly, from about 10.30 at night till probably still 2.30 in the morning, um, very, very rarely do I go to bed before 2.30. Um, I still do all the designing and all of the... Um, working with any vendor, working with anybody that has anything to do with this, helping me in any way. And that is all done in the middle of the night, in the still of the night, because none of that gets done during the day. Not one single productive thing, as far as design-wise, can get done during the day for me. But does that mean that you're actually producing everything, or you have a team, too, who actually like will produce your designs? Yes, so we, ha- we make them here. So we have um, a whole production area up here, gotcha. so I have six six girls right now who are actually up there with the exotic skins and the engraving and the stamping. So we make them here. So it's a matter of me getting the designs done, working out with the different metals and, you know, and then going to have the team to have them execute, um, to have them execute, uh, the, you know, vision that I had in the middle of the night. Got it. Yeah. So, um, when you and I were talking before, I'd asked you if you, um, when you had started your business, if you had your little girls back then, 
um, or if the business had started while the girls were really little. But um, how now that like they were pretty young when you started the business, not babies, but they were young when you started the business. How how do you manage that? How do you now manage being a wife, being a mother, you know, being the leader of this company, all the different roles, being involved in your community, like all the things that are important to you? How are you making them all work? Well, you know, the question everybody says, is, how do you balance it all? And the truth is, there's no way to balance it all. Anybody who says, yes, I can do this is just is not telling the truth because it's too hard to give 100% here and 100% there. So I decided, because I could, to, um, to merge both worlds, not, not make it a separate thing where, um, you know, the kids don't feel like they're a part of this and then nobody, everybody here feels like it's just a separate entity. So I, it has been extremely effective Maybe especially because I live within a mile of the office and showroom, to just make them feel like it's part of and not um, not that there's a wall between the two. And I know it cannot happen with a lot of businesses or, you know, when you work for somebody else. But I my, probably my favorite thing about this is that we all have the ability to make our worlds um, merge somehow. And, and I don't know how it happens, and it's not always easy. I mean, there's no way things suffer. I mean, but... Probably the number one thing is just delegation and source and having having people help you knowing what I can do and then what I can't do and getting the help. Say, okay, listen, I'm a terrible cook. My kids would never get fed because I just can't do it. So if it means that I have to either you know have somebody help me cook every night in my time and then bring it to my kids and myself and my husband so we can do that and save me three hours of home of cooking terrible meals I've learned to just put my pride down and go okay I cannot do everything (laughs) and once you accept that oh my gosh it's the greatest feeling so Jill do you do anything to help you stay on top of your business and like is there like a big resource that you have kind of outside of your business that helps you you know, really helps you be sharp about your business and helps you along the way? So one thing I, I wanted to mention really quick, Katie, is that they I am part of a group called Thrive 15, um, and it's thrive and the number 15.com. And if I would have had this when I started uh, three years ago, it would have just been so valuable and probably saved me a lot of headaches and a lot of time. But it's a group of mentors, of entrepreneurs who have been there and who have are really successful and who their their um, advice and their, it's set up in 15 minute segments and um, you can go so if you're a starting entrepreneur and you wanted information about branding or you want int- information about manufacturing a new product there's it covers everything and you can go and sign up and hear in 15 minute snippets from amazing entrepreneurs and just their what their experience was and their guidance and wisdom on any subject that you've ever thought about that has to do with um, what what product you're doing, what you're launching, and what your brand is. It is an amazing company. Um, And for yeah, and so for um, a month you can go look at thrive15.com and you can sign up um, just for free and you can use the code Rustic, just R-U-S-T-I-C, and you have a, a free month's worth of listening to anybody on the entire site and getting direction and guidance. And I love it. If I would have been there um, if I would have had this three years ago, then it would have been invaluable. So, and I still, and it still is to, for me today. But for those starting out um, and who want, who don't know where to go, it's a great, great resource for them. How do you stay inspired? And I'm going to ask this question kind of in two parts. One, kind of from the aspect of like being a businesswoman and continuing to be 
passionate and inspired about the company and growing the business, but also as an artist. I mean, you really are a creative who's creating all these designs. So how do you stay inspired on both of those accounts? Um, you know what? It's uh, that's it's tricky because because fatigue often sets in because not only now do you have twenty two plus ten plus your children and your husband and and now multiples of people that are new in your life, but now you still are creating and designing. And the the best way that I have found is that if you do not take rest and be still then your brain is always too full and going and you will never get back to the being inspired. So it's a matter of just taking time alone um, and, and getting, um, I don't know, just it, it, often for me, it's either getting away or just in the middle of the night, I just, when I quiet my mind, I just start thinking of things again. But during the day, that will never happen for me. Mm-hmm. So I know it, I know I have to have peace. Otherwise, otherwise I'm just juggling balls instead of, sitting and being able to think. Mm, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because that often is the last thing that we think that we need to do because there are so many things. So to take time is like, you know, oh, I can't do that. I still have to do all, yeah. these, all these checklist items, but you're exactly right. That's exactly <clears throat> what we need at most of those times. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you have built this amazing business since 2011 when you started the LLC, really doing it formally in 2012, and that has not been that much time. Yeah. So where do you see this going? Like, what's the big vision? You know, um, that's the second question. How do you balance it, and and what's the vision? Uh, like, where do you see yourself five years from now? And the thing is, is um, the I I didn't even know two and a half years ago, three years ago, where in the world it would be today. So I, this is what I do. Every year I sit down at the beginning of the year and I set down the big goal for the year. And then I break it down into, well, how do I get to that big goal? Um, you know, what's going to take month by month? But probably what's on the horizon, um, my, the thing that's coming up that I'm really excited about is that we are going to start our very first um, standalone store. Very our very cool. first Rusticuff store, so we'll, which hopefully will maybe lead into something else, and so um, yeah, I'm really really excited about that because um, that is a whole new venture for us, and um, it's sort of a leap of faith, and we'll see how that goes. But that is um, that sort of one step that we are going to take. That's a very very new step for us. Wow, I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Jill, I really want to thank you so much for being on here and sharing your story. Uh, Big congratulations to you. And I'm so excited to see how you guys continue to grow. Thank you, Katie. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. So just as a stupid little side note, because I couldn't actually say this while we were in the middle of the interview, but um, she brought up the fact that she was taking her girls to a Barry Manilow concert. Just so that you have an opportunity to know me a little better. So I come from a family of six and we literally were obsessed with Barry Manilow and even had a choreographed dance to American Bandstand (laughs) and Lola. uh, I, I always forget the name. The Copacabana. That's what it was. And um, yeah, so we still to this day, every once in a blue moon, might get together and perform Copacabana if my mom really, really puts a guilt trip on us. It's hilarious. So little shout out for Barry right there. Thank you. Um, Oh, man, I just hope that that interview really got to you the way that it got to me. She has so much energy. Just 
and is so much like the accidental entrepreneur. That's sort of how I was thinking about it the whole time. But accidental, like savvy, you know, like she is figuring it out as she goes along and she's just puts like street smarts to it, which I thought was really, really brilliant. Um, And one of the things that I loved most about what she said and just was so impactful to me was the fact that how she uses social media and how she chooses to focus on just one first, really, you know, become an expert in that um, and then branch out from there. And the fact that she does get so much engagement on her Facebook page is just ridiculous. And believe me, it is so hard to get engagement on your Facebook page especially for like a product. And um, and man, she just does such a good job of that. So she had really, really great, you know, uh, real examples of how you can help uh, get engagement on your Facebook page. So, so many more great things than that. But um, I just loved her. I hope you go visit her site. Um, you can access her site by going to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 217, which is where the show notes page specifically for Jill are. Um, and go and get yourself a cool cuff, man. They're awesome and they're beautiful. All right. I hope you had an awesome time here today and I can't wait to see you on the next show.